Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to Daft Picks Season 4, Episode 5. As always, I'm joined by producer Parker. Hello. And, of course, myself. And this is the final episode of the Decade Wrap in Hockey. Next week, we'll be back with our regularly scheduled programming and the final episode of the season. But for this episode, we got to get a couple things done first. We're going to talk about our personal all-decade teams, as well as who we thought was top media and like media people of the decade. And we have a little game at the end of the show. Without further ado, um, it's been a big decade for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Not as big as it has been for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> like just by like team building or just by um, skill? I mean, lot, lot of, I mean, think of it this way: you are not a Buffalo Sabers fan, thankfully, right? <laughs> like you've seen the playoffs. Yes. Okay. So let's break down. Now I will say this is not an original idea. I actually poached this idea from the Steve Dangle podcast. They did their All Decade Leafs team. Thank you to them for the little idea. Let's start with our forwards, and we'll work our way down. So what, we'll go line by line. So who is your First line of the Tampa Bay Lightning. All right, so this is going to come as a little bit of a shock, but our top line will be Steven Stamkos at center, Marty San Louis at wing, and then for the other wing, we have Teddy Purcell. Teddy Purcell. Why Teddy Purcell on the first line? Well, for starters, when he was on the line with Stamkos and San Louis, that was really a dominant forward line that powered the Lightning to the playoffs. Well, it wasn't a line that existed for very long. It was a very strong one. And generally, I couldn't really find another winger who was quite as good on the same line as Stamkos and San Luis, except for maybe Philpula. Oh, okay. And I would not put him on the first line. Obviously. For my first line with the Penguins, I went with a classic, and I added a, a newer guy at the end. I went with Chris Kunitz, Sidney Crosby, of course, and I added Jake Gensel there at the end, just because... It's the meeting of the minds, the old versus the new. Man, I would love to see what that line could do in its prime. Yeah, the original line that had Dupuis, yeah. that was a crazy line. And I, I always thought it was really funny because here you have Sidney Crosby and you have two old dudes. Yeah, literally. <laughs> All right, how about your second line? All right, so my second line, this was the line that really powered the lightning through the playoffs in 2015 and was one of the best forward lines I've ever seen. And it was Andre Plot, Tyler Johnson, and Nikita Kucherov. Oh, the, what do they call that? Oh, that was the triplets line? Yep. Okay. The triplets, baby. Yeah, that, was, that was actually a lot of fun to watch. I remember I had, for a very brief time, I had two of the three in fantasy, so. Yeah, because you had Kucherov, who was the goal scorer. Yeah. You had Tyler Johnson, who was really the two-way forward. And then you had Pilat, who was, like, the, I want to call him the enforcer, but he was, like, a more, he was the greedy player. But yeah, he, was, he, was, he, he the, would still put up points, too. So, I remember I mean, he had, like, like, a crazy goal-scoring streak, too. Mm-hmm. For my second line, I went with one that was deployed until he got traded. I went with Carl Haglin with Evgeny Malkin and Brian Rust. And Malkin and Rust still form a pretty dominant line. I don't think there was a more fun line to watch because Gino could just do whatever he wanted. Brian Rust would dig in the corners, and Swaglin would just take off down the ice every other play. It was hilarious. Did you just say Swaglin? I did indeed. Carl oh, Swaglin. Oh, I don't know what we're going to do. He's with my you. boy. I do miss Carl Haglin, and I wish we could have kept him longer. Yeah, he is definitely one of the fast. Actually, I would call him the fastest skater in the NHL. It's just a shame that he can't really, he doesn't have that much uh, scoring ability. True. Anymore. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's still all right. How about your third line? All right, so my third line, I have Ryan Callahan, Vincent Cavalier, and Valtteri Fiopula. There uh, was a the grind line. There was a point where all three of these players were on lightning, 
And there was a point early in his Tampa career where Ryan Callahan was a very good player. Oh, I used to like love... He, he would be putting up 50-point seasons while also racking up, like, 100-some hits. I used to love Ryan Callahan because he was the heart and soul of the Team USA. Like, he was the... If Patrick Kane was the engine, he was the motor. Like, he was just grinding every time. He, he was the captain of the Rangers for mm-hmm. how many years? Very strong leader. Very under, underrated player. It's a shame that injuries really killed him because he just kept getting that back injury. And it's just like, it's hard to come back from a back injury, especially in hockey. Yeah, you look at, not to diverge too much, but you look at the top line for USA. One of the top lines was like Kessler with Callahan and TJ Oshie, and all three of them are a little bit banged up at the moment, and they're probably at the twilight of their career. Yeah, Kessler used to be Dominant incredible. Too. Best faith man of the game. And, and his back shot, too. Yep. He had both of his hips replaced. Oh, I forgot about that. All right, that, that's a good line, though. I, I really respect that line. I went with the only line that could, that, that could matter. Do you know what the line is? The HBK line? The HBK line. Horn, Quist, Benito, and Kessler. You know what? It was only together, and it only really worked for that playoff series. They got broken up the next season, but man, that was a lot of fun. They they had a they had a hot dog or whatever it was that the Permani Brothers named after I, it. Yeah, the, well, no, they had a hot dog at the stadium. Yeah, and, and they, then at Permanti's they had, they the, had the, a the sandwich. sandwich. And I actually had that sandwich, and it was very good. Yeah, they had it was it, like, it, it was a kabasi, and. I, th- I believe the B was for bacon. I forget what the yeah. H was. I think it was like ham. It was like yeah, ham, it was ba- ham. Oh, ham bacon. Yeah, ham bacon kabasi. It was disgustingly unhealthy, but really, they had re- like really good. They had HBK himself come and eat. He was at the games. Like that was a lot of fun. And who is your who's your fourth line? Your grinding line. I guess you already had a grinding line, but well, yeah, I probably should have swapped these two. But I don't know. The Cavalier. I, I always have a soft spot in my heart for him. He was one of my favorite players to watch when he was playing. But this fourth line's a bit of a newer line. Uh, a lot of newer Tampa players, but it's Alex Kalorn, Brandon Point, and Yanni Gord. Oh, okay. Um, you know what? I'm glad you included Brandon Point in there because he's so skilled. He's been so dominant in the three, four years he's played. You couldn't leave him off. Yeah. That's uh, definitely a good line. Um, yeah, Alex Kalorn's a really smart player who flies under the radar a lot, and he's having a pretty good offensive season this year, too. Yeah, I think he gets hit a lot with his contract because that contract's kind of kind of not great. But it, It's kind of not great, but it locked him up long-term, and... He was going to get more in free agency. Well, that's anybody, but yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. My fourth line kind of stayed the same, too. I actually put Dupuy down here just because I wanted to get him in somewhere. We did it for Duper that one year. I put the father of the team, Matt Cullen, and then one of my personal favorites, Tommy Kunakle, because I just love Tom Kunakle. I loved Tom Kunakle when he played with the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Panthers. He was... One of my favorite players to watch. I threw that line together because I feel like you can't leave Dad off the team. Like, Matt Cullen, I hope one day he comes back and is like, uh, I think he's actually in our personal department right now. I hope he gets the chance to coach one day, too, because I think he'd be great at it. Yeah, he was a really good face-off guy, too, if I recall, right? Yeah, he was He was awesome. He, he was a pretty good center, and he played till he was 40. Yeah. How about your uh, defense? I'll just let's just run through the pairings. So go, give me all three of your pairings. Okay. So the first pairing, this one's kind of obvious: Victor Hedman, Anson Strollman. Obviously. Second one's Ryan McDonough, Mikhail Sergachev, and the third one's Radko Gudis and Pavel Kubina. Pa- I okay. The thing with Pavel Kubina is he could have made a couple teams because he was just that kind of player. Man, I forgot Radko Gudis was a Tampa Bay Lightning. I also forgot Andre Schuster was a Lightning too for a while. Oh, Andre Schuster. This guy was six foot seven, six no. foot eight. Didn't want to hit. That was the like. Come on, the, you guys had such a large decor. I gotta know why did you put Pablo Cabina? 
I couldn't really find anyone else to put there. And even though he was at like the end of his career with Tampa, he was still a very good player. Okay. I was sort of looking at him from like the whole career perspective than just his second stint with the Lightning. Okay, that's fair. Did you want to explain any other of your lines? Or? Ryan McDonough and Mikhail Sergachev's a pretty good pairing right now. Sergachev's a young player. Ryan McDonough's really good on both ends of the ice. Very, I would call him a little bit of an underrated defenseman a little bit now. Yeah, like McDonough's pretty good. I mean, he was the top pairing at New York for a long time. And then Hedman Strawman's that one's kind of obvious to... Yeah, I mean, you're the, 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 two, the two Swedes, very dominant pairing. I miss Strawman. I wish he was still here. Yeah. Mine are going to be a little bit weird because the Penguins' decor has been held up by clothespins at Hope. But uh, <laughs> I went with Tang and Dumoulin for my first pair because that's pretty obvious. You know, they're our best pair right now, and they're probably going to continue to be. I put Brooks Orpik and Paul Martin because for a while that was a really strong, if not the strongest defensive pair. I forgot pair. Brooks Orpik was with the... Yeah, that was a really good D pair for us for a while, at least on the penalty kill. And then my last one is Justin Schultz and Olimata. I felt like I would be doing myself a disservice if I left my boy Olimata off the list. I really miss him in Chicago. I mean, the goalie should be pretty easy, but you want to give me uh, your goalies? Ben Bishop, Andre Vasilevsky. I feel like that was a pretty easy one. Yeah, there really wasn't anyone else I could pick. I, you know, that's a good thing because it means you didn't have that many goalies to go through. Like, you guys had a pretty easy time with goaltending. In the same way that the Penguins did, I had a very simple pickup of Flurry and Murray. I don't think there's much discrepancy there. It's, again, we've had it pretty, pretty easy. So, unlike, say, the Flyers, who had uh, seven goalies picked from last year. <laughs> I forgot they had seven goalies. Oh, yeah, that goodness. happened. That was that was indeed a thing. Seven goalies before February. Oh man, that was back when Steve Mason used to be a starting goalie. Where is he at now, dude? I I don't know. He's somewhere. Steve, I'll tell I think you he's, that. He's I, somewhere. Last time he was in Winnipeg. That is our all-decade team. I would like to make honorable mention to Steve Downey, who was very close to making my list, but I just couldn't put him on there. Yeah, I remember you telling me that. He could have also made my list because he also played for the Penguins. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, the top media. So I prefaced it with, uh, it can be anything, media, books, movies, TVs, music. Not that there's a lot of hockey music, but people, whatever you want to do. So did you want to give me a couple of your media first? We can kind of break it down a little bit. All right, so first I'm going to go with a film that was released in 2011, and it was Goon. Yeah, I don't know if there's a movie in hockey that's quite changed the hockey world like Goon, maybe since The Mighty Ducks. It's had a pretty big impact. Yeah, it's pretty much about a goon. In hockey, and that's pretty much the whole story. Well, that was an enlightening description. It is. But it's a very good movie. Highly recommend it. Don't watch the sequel. The sequel sucks. Yeah, the sequel is like based uh, on John Scott, too. He made like a cameo. So did Tyler Sagan and Taylor Hall. Oh, no. Yeah, they had a couple. And uh, I'm pretty sure Lee Schreiber is the guy, the lead, like, is Goon. I, I don't know what the character's name is. Doug Glatt, I think. Yeah, Doug Glatt, played by Sean William Scott. Yeah, because Lee Schreiber is in the movies, too. I'm not sure who he plays, but... Yeah, he's he plays veteran enforcer Ross the Boss. Ross Ray. the Boss Ray. That's right. Okay, thank you. I wanted to make sure it was incorrect. All right, one of my uh, media things. I'll go with a book that I thought was pretty good, and if you get a chance to check it out, I highly recommend it. It's called Take Your Eye Off the Puck by uh, Puck Daddy's own Greg Wyshynski. It's a really great insight into not only hockey but like the nuances that you might miss. And how sometimes the sport can take itself too seriously. If you follow Wish on Twitter, you'll know he's not about that at all. He's definitely a lightning rod, and I highly recommend checking it out. Okay. What else you got for us? So I actually have a book. Oh, uh, this proud one's Or My Story. Released, oh, yeah. Released in 2011. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much his autobiography because he wrote it himself, and it's pretty much about his early year, his NHL career. 
There's a big part with his relationship with Alan Eagleson. Oh, yeah. So Alan Eagleson, we've actually talked about him before. He was the, I believe, the player agent who sort of played both sides. He wouldn't let players tell each other their salaries. And on the same flip, he wouldn't, like, let the league execs know what the players were thinking. He actually was the one that drove Bobby Orr out of Boston. He didn't tell them about a deal that he was offered. The Boston Bruins offered him a stake in the team. And he didn't tell them that. They just said, oh, they're lowballing you. And then he went to Chicago because he felt insulted because Alan Eagleson did all this. And years later, it came out that he basically, he's the reason the NHLPA started. <laughs> yeah, I still can't get over that, that they offered him a stake in the team. Yeah. Like, it that, was doesn't like even ha- that doesn't even happen anymore. I, I don't want to, like, over I want to say it was, like, 30%, though. I'm not positive, but I'm pretty, it was a good number. But yeah, Bobby Orr's the book is incredible. If you haven't had a chance to read it, again, highly recommend that. Yeah, really good autobiography about arguably the best defenseman in the NHL. I don't think it's really arguable. I think Bobby Orr's the best. Okay. I uh, put The Athletic down. I thought The Athletic has really kind of changed how media is perceived. For a while, though, there was a narrative that written media, at least in sports, was dying. And The Athletic, even though it's paid for, has done a great job of getting stories that are important to read finding a way to bridge gaps and doing a lot of things that newspapers before couldn't, that media couldn't. And I really think The Athletic's done a great job of that. Yeah, sort of jump off that. I have the Players' Tribune, which some I used to read all the time. And it, it has athletes from any of the major sports come in and just write an article about anything. And it's really good content. There's a few more unknown players to sort of come in, guys who are always in the minor leagues writing about their experiences and stuff. And a lot of the writing is really raw, and it's really good stuff. Highly recommend it to anyone who hasn't had a chance to look at anything at the Players' Tribune. There is one really good article. I forget the exact name of it, but it was with the one former captain for the Devils. Oh, uh, not Bryce Salvador. Is it Bryce Salvador? I, I believe it was Bryce Salvador. It's pretty much about his reflection on his NHL career and like the injuries he's gone through and stuff and how it affected him. Yeah, that was a life. really good article a couple of years ago. They have had lots of really good stuff. Yeah, no, you're, you're not wrong. It's a great website. And actually, an article that I thought was really great from... It was actually founded by Derek Jeter. I was going to say, my boy, yeah. Um, the, one of the uh, articles I thought was incredible, getting back to Ryan Kessler, was called How We Play Hockey in America from 2016. And it's basically just talking about, like, the American way to play, how they grew up idolizing the Olympics, and how American hockey is. And I, it's awesome if you get a chance to read it. Yeah, there is an article released today from Joe Hayden. It's called Dear Gators. Just sort of a letter he wrote to uh, his old team. Oh, yeah. College. Yeah, Player Tribune, though. Definitely. I'm, I'm definitely going to read that when this is over. It's definitely a great article. Site. I went with, if not the most influential guy, I mean, I think Elliot Freeman's up there. Not even just as a personality, but 31 Thoughts originally 30 Thoughts, has been so great. Like, it's such a wealth of information. The podcast itself that he does about 31 Thoughts and the stuff he writes, like, Elliot Friedman is, to me, the premier guy in the business. Yeah, it's either him or McKenzie. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I love what what he brings. You got any more? Yeah, I have a podcast. It's the Puck Podcast. It's been around since 2006. This is actually way longer than ours. Theirs is, like, usually around two hours long, and they first talk about like games that happened in the previous week and then they talk about more modern stuff and then it's like they bring in people to interview and stuff and it's a pretty good pretty long-running podcast yeah i had one more i put steve dangle and the steve dangle podcast honestly we probably wouldn't have the show without him because a lot of the inspiration for this was because of him i love what he does he always has 
something good like for the community cooking up. And if you don't already, you should definitely check him out. Yeah, Steve Dangles was actually one of the first uh, hockey YouTubers that I followed. I followed him back when the Leafs were really bad. So this was this was before they hired Babcock, and this is when they were really bad. And it's just each episode was just in all caps, exclamation points, and it would just be him screaming about how the leaves were terrible. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I remember the Nashville 9-1 video, the Kessel trade video. Yeah, he's, he's done a lot. Also, he has a new book out called This Team is Ruining My Life, but I love them. Definitely give that a read, too. <laughs> yeah, that's his catchphrase. <laughs> this team is ruining my life. <laughs> Probably fairly so. Yeah. Yeah, the Tampa Bay Lightning ruins my life, so I feel that. You got any more? Yeah, the last one I have is a film, and it's Red Army. It's 2014 American-Russian documentary about the Soviet Union national ice hockey team through the eyes of the captain, Slava Fedosov. Oh, Fedosov. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, particularly the 1980s unit, the Russian Five. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. And it has a 97% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And it's a very good movie. That's hard for sports movies, too. Usually they're not yeah. rated very high. But yeah, that's our media of the decade. We got a, a couple more things. This is going to be a lot shorter episode than normal because it's our, the last of the decade. We're not quite done yet, but one thing I wanted to do, a little fun way to kind of wrap it up is we're going to play a game as we've been. So uh, as we all know, Parker is not the best at guessing years. So we're going to play guess the year. I'm going to give you three events that occurred and I want you to give me the year. So keeping in mind, the rules are simple. It's happened in the past decade. So from 2010 till now, okay? Number one, on a bit of a dark note, the Vancouver riots after the Stanley Cup final. 2001. I mean, no, 2011. I just said <laughs> it had to be in this decade. 2001. <laughs> I meant to say 11. Yes, it is 2011. Good call. Yeah, I remember that because it was the game seven. Yes. And I believe the Canucks were up and then the Bruins came back or something like I that. I believe so. And then... The entire city was just on fire, essentially. Yes, over $5 million Canadian dollars spent fixing it. <laughs> the year I need 7 out of 15 players in the first round were drafted, and they were American. A record for the first time ever. What year was that? 2018. Ooh, 2019. This is past draft. Ah. Yeah, I was thinking of the one previous. Yeah, it was capped off by Jack Hughes. Yep. And... The final one, the obscure one. You remember a campaign called Scrivesna? Oh, Ben Scrivens. Yes. Oh, man. What year did Scrivesna get a 59 save shutout, which is a regular season record for a shutout, versus the San Jose Sharks? And he was with the Oilers at the time, I believe. 2014. You went two for three. I'm proud of you. It was very good. That's what we like to call guest of the year. I'm very proud that you actually did okay on that. Yeah, I vividly remember Ben Scrivens, partly because that was one of the challenges in NHL 14. Oh, it was. was You're right. It was like try to replicate the shutout. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Yeah, I missed. It, it, it started you from like I believe it started from like the beginning of the game, and you had to go through all three quarter, all three periods, oh, quarters, uh, without <laughs> letting in a goal, and it, it was bad because I suck at playing goaltender at Shell, so it was just like yeah, nope, didn't happen. Very angry day. Yeah, I think back to the time when we're, I had you guess the terms, and I, I guarantee you if I asked you one goaltending term, you wouldn't know it. Probably five-hole, but that's it. I'm proud of you. <laughs> that, was, that was a little game. A little bit of fun to sprinkle in there. Obviously, the uh, one little thing, we were sort of talking about a year in reflection, but I feel like we can't close out the decade without talking about the future. We did that last week, but have you been watching any of the World Juniors? 
I haven't been watching them too closely, but I've been following it on the news. All the teams are deadlocked yeah. at the same spot right now, and Canada just got smoked by Russia. Well, it's worth noting that our boy, Alexi Lafreniere, will not likely play anymore in the World Juniors. Yeah, he got a leg injury running into the Russian goaltender. But there was a report that I read not too long ago where the injury is not as severe. The, as he doesn't have any broken bones or, or ligament damage. He actually is questionable. He can potentially play next game against Germany. It is, however, unlikely that he returns to the tournament. There, I think, from what I read, they're going to hold him out. Which is in his best interest. Yeah, we don't want him to aggravate an injury and end up losing draft stock which could really happen. I mean, obviously the injury is bad anytime it happens, and of course he's our boy. If there is a positive, we get to see more players. You probably get to see somebody who didn't get a chance before. A couple of guys that have stood out to me, I've been watching kind of closely. Been really impressed with Shane Pinto of the States. He's a Senators pick from last year. So he's not a draft-eligible prospect, obviously, but he's been very good. Another player that's been incredible that actually I've seen his draft stock rise is Tim Stutzel from Germany. He looks like he's ready to play in the NHL now. There's that one kid from the Canucks who's playing really good. I believe it's for Finland. Oh, Niels Hoaglander. Yes. Did you see he did the stretch? I yeah. love Niels Hoaglander. What did I say when we were talking? I thought he was incredible. I love that pick for them. And it's like, we didn't even mention him with, with players for next decade, but he could definitely be one of them. Well, he doesn't really project to be an elite talent, but he projects to be a good talent with elite hands. I mean, there, there's players. Like, like, you remember Sonny Milano a couple years back, like, mm-hmm. doing the puck tricks, like... If he can put it all together, that could be a dangerous player. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he kind of looks like a little bit of Alex Tuck. Oh, yeah, you know what? You're right. He does. He, he kind of reminds me a lot of him because I know he was able to do a lot of that fancy stuff, too. Yeah. And he's a good, but not great player for the Golden Knights. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, well, that's the year in review. As we wrap up, I want to thank all the guests that we had come on to talk and to give their opinions. I want to thank everybody who's inspired us that we talked about. And I want to thank you guys all for listening, obviously. And uh, one more thing before we go today. We have a new website. You want to talk about it? We're still building it, but we do have a website. When it's up and running, it will be at daftpicks.com. And be sure to keep an eye out for that. We're going to have a link to our podcast from CastBox, and we're also going to have some written material, too, coming out soon. We're not going to be a new new site but we are going to have some you know when we, when we get some time if there's something that's really interesting we're going to talk about it a couple things i see in the future we want to talk about if the olympics happen we're going to get into that obviously the draft and seattle actually we'll be talking about seattle next episode too because right before the all-star break the new name gets announced so that'll be fun totems uh, <laughs> they have a bunch of registered names i'm all on board the seattle renegades that sounds like an XFL team. You can use the stick song, you know. It could be fun. That sounds like an <laughs> XFL team, and you you're, know it. You're not wrong. But, yeah, so uh, that's what's coming in the new year. And uh, like I said, we'll be back next week or within the next couple of weeks. We might take a little bit of a break after New Year's just to recenter. But uh, we'll be back with guests again, our regular schedule programming. We had a lot of baseball to talk about. Obviously, a lot of hockey, but the All-Star break coming up. Yeah, we also have a lot of football to catch Yeah, a lot, a lot of football to catch up on. With uh, actually a couple of the games going on right now, I'm currently watching my phone with the Steelers-Ravens score. My Dolphins just played today. Nobody cares about your Dolphins. They suck. Well, we you guys just, couldn't even win the last overall seed. We prevented the Patriots from getting a first-round bye. You're welcome. The last time we did that, the Broncos won said the Patriots, so you're welcome. Okay, we'll, we'll see. 
but yeah, that's our show. So, um, real quickly, thank you all for listening, not only this season, but this whole year and the whole decade, I guess, that we've been around. So, uh, we look forward to our second anniversary, and stay tuned. I'll have a little more news about our draft show coming up. I know it's a little while out still, but we have something special planned for our draft show, as we usually do. But yeah, thank you all for listening. Be sure to check out our website when it's up. Check out all our socials. I've been updating those a little bit lately. And on behalf of producer Parker and I, have a great end of the year and a great start to the new year. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, we'll see you all next year.